0: Hey, folks, welcome back. Another great episode here for you because today we've got Anita Bamford zooming in from beautiful outskirts of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And I'm excited to talk with Anita today because, you know, just looking at the information she sent me ahead of our call and chatting a little bit before we pressed record, she's had a very interesting real estate journey and she kind of got started. Like a lot of folks, she saw one of those, you know, how to flip this house type shows on TV. They make it look so easy. They make it look so profitable. They make it look so fast. So she kind of jumped into real estate investing, did a few of those kind of deals, got into doing buy and hold type real estate investing. She's now starting to move a little bit internationally. She's also looking at doing development type deals. So she's had a very, very interesting journey. Not only that, but if I recall correctly, and Anita, you can correct me if I mess this up, but she's really leveraging everything she's got. So she's done like what a lot of folks have done. She's worked at a career for a long time and and she you know, invested in RRSPs and all that kind of good stuff and started off following the, the common path of putting them in mutual funds and all that kind of stuff. But then she got smart and got educated and now she's really maximizing that by figuring out how to invest those kind of funds in real estate deals, how to leverage her own home equity to turn her, her primary residence, part of at least, into a short-term rental. So she's really just kind of squeezing all the juice out of everything she can to maximize her return. So Anita, welcome to the show. Great to have you.
1: Great. Thanks, Dave. I'm glad to be here.
0: All right. So did did I mess anything up there where I was doing my presentation, really my really introduction?
1: Good. I was surprised because I gave you quite a long laundry list. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do pay attention to these things. Yeah. You know, and, it's, and it's very interesting. So let's back up a little bit. Right now we're recording this. It's mid-April, 2023. When did you take your first kick at the can with investing in a revenue property? When what? When did that first deal happen?
1: So it was actually uh, in the spring, probably right around the same time, back in 2015. And uh, it's like you explained that earlier that, uh, you know, you saw those flip shows and they looked like fun. And yeah, you're right. They made it look easy and they made it look like, you know, this is, you know, not that bad of a deal. And so my daughter and I got quite interested in that. Uh-huh. And uh, so we uh, purchased a house using our own funds at that time. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, I took this house basically right down to the bones and uh, and and redid. We learned a lot by doing that. Um, so were,
0: were you and your daughter actually swinging hammers and doing stuff we were, just like the show? Wow! We were, did you have any background in that? Any experience of that or
1: uh, nothing? That we hadn't only just done within our own homes.
0: Okay. Oh
1: so, yes, I mean we did hire out things like the roofers and the electricians and, and that sort of thing. But we demoed it all. We took walls out. We Uh, tore an old garage down and hired somebody to build a new one and so you know yes we did we were pretty hands-on for a lot of it but a lot of it too was just coordinating the the different contractors and whatnot to come in my daughter's got a project management background so that definitely helped and uh, I was great at interviewing um, potential contractors and what have you so uh, we did have fun. I mean, it is a very rewarding thing to do because you yeah. see it from this to that, and it's pretty, you know, wow. Um, and it was a very successful flip. So, of course, we thought, okay, well, this is what we're going to keep doing. And so, okay. yeah. the following, um, let's see, it would have been the following year in about the summer, we landed another one. And this was actually just done through conversation through friends. We actually found somebody that um, had thought he had started to renovate the house, it had been his parents' house. He yeah. was overwhelmed, mm-hmm. he just needed to sell it. And so we were able to go in and kind of do an off-market type of uh, deal with him. And uh, he just asked that he could come and see the finished product product when it was done. And so uh, that was very helpful for us because, of course, we could get the property then without having to worry about real estate fees and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, that one was a big project as well. Um, Again, there we moved windows. We moved a furnace. We did.
0: (laughs) And again, you were doing a lot of this stuff yourselves.
1: We were. Yeah, and then okay. we realized that, you know, that too was a good, was a good experience in the sense that we ended up with competing offers at the end, which was great. However, we were exhausted.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So, yeah, cause you, that,
0: cause you were working full time at this time and your yes, daughter probably yes, was as well, was right?
1: working yeah. full time and doing this on evenings and weekends mm-hmm. and, had given ourselves a fairly short timeline because we realized that time was money, and that's the big thing with flips: is that you have to be able to, you know, realize that that time factor is is a big piece of the puzzle. For sure. And so, uh yeah, but we so then we started to realize, okay, if we're going to keep doing this, we're going to have to hire hire contractors.
0: There's nothing. There's was, nothing. Nothing passive about doing flips, is there?
1: Yeah. And uh, that we we sold that second flip just kind of as the economy was taking its bit of a downturn and dip. And okay. so what we were finding is um, other flips that we were seeing being done were sitting on the market for a lot longer because, yeah. you know, people just weren't in the position to pay the higher higher prices for those renovated homes. And we just started to realize that the numbers just couldn't couldn't work. Right. And so we thought, okay, well, maybe we need to kind of pivot, maybe change our, our plans a little bit. And then we decided, well, maybe we should look at Buy and holds. Okay. Now, what was great for us is that when we were doing our flips, I would use my coworkers as my audience. I would say, okay, so if I'm doing an ensuite bathroom, would you guys think you'd rather have a shower or a tub? Uh... And uh, so they got to start looking forward to me coming and asking them these questions.
0: Right? <laughs> so, this wasn't on social media. This was over the, no, the water cooler, like so to, to speak.
1: And, and tons of fun. And what happened out of that was uh, one of my coworkers approached me, and her and her mom wanted to invest huh. with my daughter and I. Nice. And so, buy and holds were of interest to them. And so, um, we acquired our first buy and hold property. It was a suite of duplex. I was always had learned that you know you get the maximum number of doors that you can. Um and so this was a, a brand new build and um it had been been offered I had joined a networking group, my real estate networking group that um had worked with a builder to give us kind of a you know a special a business,
0: deal. if right. you want to
1: call it that. So um yeah so we bought that property and then um that so was it
0: was basically almost it was a turnkey property that you purchased it was a
1: turnkey property. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that one has just been an amazing property. If I could clone that one 10 times over, you'd be, we would be laughing. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's in high demand. It's uh, we've had great um, tenant profiles that fit into there. So we've had very little issues with tenants because we self-manage. Okay. So that was another thing that we've kind of had to learn and, mm-hmm. um, you know, refine our interviewing process, if you want to call it that with tenants so that you're not left with uh, something the that disaster. is a little bit more, of a chore to handle.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, we, so,
0: so what, are, what is the, what is, what is Anita's portfolio look like today? What do you, what do you guys have so in have your portfolio?
1: Currently three suited properties, two in, in, Co- in
0: and around Calgary, two
1: in Calgary and one in Cochrane. Okay. So and uh, yeah. And so we're, we're sitting on about two and a half million dollars worth of assets, which is,
0: and all of these deals are you and your and your daughter as My the and I
1: am the same JV partners for all three of those properties.
0: So one one partner has been your partner for all three of the properties, or you, yeah. Oh, wow, that's
1: great. Yeah. Wow. So they the, uh, the,
0: the the mom and daughter team.
1: Mom and daughter and the mom and daughter.
0: <laughs> that's nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very, so that's very cool.
1: really, really good. That did. So um in one of those uh homes that we had, we, we did have a very challenging tenant. Hmm. And uh, that's when we decided that maybe we will be fine with just three properties that we have.
0: Um, it's funny how a challenging tenant can can do that to us. It's, not, it's of,
1: not a game for the faint of heart, right? No. Just, sometimes when you run into some of those situations, people will just, you know, cut and run. And, yeah. you know, the real estate is, you, you have to be in it for the long haul. Hmm. I mean, you know, buy and holds are, are more of a long play,
0: yeah, for sure. And,
1: um, and that's fine because, I mean, our tenants are, they're all cash flowing. So, I mean, the tenants are paying down the mortgage and it will, they will be great assets for us in the future. But I was realizing as I was getting closer to my retirement age that um, I needed something that was going to give me a little bit more um,
0: income. A little bit more bang for your buck exactly. faster cash flow wise.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, as you mentioned, I mean, I made sure I leveraged everything I had. One of one of the key um things I heard at one of my real estate investing groups was uh, don't waste any assets.
0: Okay. Yeah. And
1: so that was where I learned to leverage my RRSPs. I learned to uh, get a readvanceable mortgage on our principal house and uh, utilize the Smith maneuver Mm -hmm. and uh, you know um, private land with any extra dollars that I had. And then, like I say, we're just in the process of, uh, utilizing our basement here as a, in our principal residence as a short-term rental. Um, so yeah, and we have we live on an acreage, and so I actually store RVs, so I have a monthly income from that as well. So I've just done my very best to try and utilize and not waste any assets that I have.
0: That um, is that is really really smart, Anita. Now, um, so it's you and your daughter working on this. Is there is there a Mister Bamford in in oh, the pictures? There okay, is. it sounds like he's just kind of in the background. He's, he's our workhorse, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> he's a handy guy. He's he? our
1: handyman, right? So okay. anything goes wrong at the at the rentals, he's there to to do the fixing and uh yeah. You're
0: the brains and he's the brawn.
1: He's the brawn,
0: exactly. Nice. Okay, yeah. very good. But let me ask you this, just from uh a, a couple's standpoint. Sounds like you and your daughter were like right into this from day one. Was your husband a little bit worried about getting into real estate investing or was he pretty supportive right from the get go?
1: He was a little bit concerned. Um, yeah. you know, I think there's always a level of risk yeah. in and in, in whatever you do and because he wasn't as interested per se as I was to kind of learn more of the ins and outs of the business, yeah. I think he was definitely a little bit more hesitant but um, he, he also really enjoyed the flips. And I think as he got to see the transformations and how those that worked and whatnot, he started to get a little bit more engaged. He yeah. still prefers to be a little bit more of a hands-off kind of guy. Like this For is sure. not, you know, his, his, his jam. To, he's, he's, you know,
0: he's, he's not coming on any podcasts. Any soon. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. No, that's good. But, but he's supportive and he's, yes. you know, he's, he's been that that's so important because I've seen Very so many important. situations where. The spouse isn't supportive and it just, it makes it so much more difficult, right? It's like dragging, dragging an anchor. Okay. So let's, I love this. You're on an acreage, you're outside of town. You've, you're, you've got RV storage on there. You're like you say, you're, you're not wasting any of your assets. Talk to me a little briefly about what you're doing with the basement. What, what's the plan there for turning that into a short-term rental?
1: So I had had this this plan actually a few years ago. We don't live that far from Spruce Meadows. I don't know if you've heard of Spruce Meadows. It's a big international horse um, facility. And uh, pre-COVID, so COVID kind of hit and that kind of squashed things down for just a little bit. But Mm -hmm. I uh, really wanted to um, kind of be appealing to the exhibitors um, there. A lot of them are here for this whole entire summer. Like if they're going to come over from Europe or South America or wherever they're coming from, they're here for the whole summer. And so hotel rooms get to be pretty bland for them after a while and so I thought well if I could create more of a home type place for them and be in a quiet setting being on the acreage. Um, it would work out ideal for all of us because they would be away during the day at the horse show thing. They'd come home at night and be tired and just want to go straight to bed. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, And it, and we do have a separate entrance and it's it's totally separated off from the rest of the house. And so it's a fairly decent size. It's got a full kitchen. It's going to, you know, and so that's that was my intention to start with. Of course, we have the Calgary Stampede here, which also yeah. brings lots of people in. And the area is starting to really become better known just as a visiting spot, right? Right. And so it is kind of a nice place to start from and then venture out out from. So I see ourselves being mostly busy from about May till I would say probably end of September, first part of October. I don't know, to be honest, what our winter months might turn out to be like, but Mm -hmm. we are also very big into the movie industry here. And I have heard that, you know, um, they like these kinds of places for their production crews, their camera, camera guys, you know, things like that when they're um, filming in the area. So that was another avenue I was going to branch out to, to, you know, let them know.
0: Yeah. Okay. Very, very cool. Love all of that. Now, the other part that you you're talking about not wasting any of your assets, when did you kind of click into the whole idea of taking charge of your own retirement funds?
1: I think I've had that one for quite some time. Um, I think I had originally thought when we got into the flips that that's how how that would kind of work is that we would eventually, you know, um, be able to create enough uh, income or from the profits, right? To be able then to to self-fund and go forward and then build up that amount of money that then we could have as as towards other investments that, you know, could help to support that um, retirement. Um, I've just been a huge advocate of us Supporting ourselves in yeah. our retirements. And so I think it is kind of our responsibility to do so. And I really wanted it to be in a way that was going to be fun mm-hmm. to get me there. And uh, because I so love and enjoy this real estate um, investment um things that I've been doing. And and I'm a and I'm a doer. So I needed something for when I do retire because it's not, I'm not going to be the type of person to sit back in my rocking chair and just, you know, so, kind of no. pass the days by. I want to be actively involved in some things. And so. You know, I want it, but not all
0: consuming at the same time. Got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you want to have fun. You want to keep your your fingers Absolutely. In, in the pie, but not be completely completely consumed by that. That's, that's really smart. So tell me a little bit about the whole land development side of things, because it sounds like that's the new thing that's really sparked your interest. Plus, you're, you know, you're doing a short term rental, getting something built down in Costa Rica as well. But let's take a look at the, at the land development side.
1: All right. So, um yeah, land development has um also been of interest to me for for a while. So, because I live in a more rural setting, I've really paid a lot of attention to our smaller communities that mm-hmm. surround Calgary, and I just realized how much they um They find it a hard way to kind of create more housing and what needs and whatnot for their different communities, and so I thought well, what could I do to kind of step in and and be helpful in that regard and so. um, There's two communities um, straight south of Calgary that i'm particularly interested in they're really trying to uh, draw more business into their areas and so on and so forth, but they are definitely in a housing crunch. And so I had thought, well, then if I could take some development land and and either make it shovel ready for another developer to come in, right? Um, then that would be of some help. We all, I also saw for multifamily um, type of situations there as well. Um, that's been a little a little bit of a challenge, only because though the though the smaller communities really need that housing, it's 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 like they're just not quite there yet.
0: Got it. Yeah.
1: So I've realized that it's not good to fight against what they are prepared for, but rather work with them mm-hmm. to fill the need that, you know, they they kind of envision at this time.
0: Got it. Yeah. So exactly. Solve the problem they say they have versus the problem exactly. you see them having a little bit further down the line. Exactly. So that way you don't have to convince anybody about exactly. what, you're, what you want to do. Makes sense. So have you done anything in that department yet or is this just kind yes, of Yes, we
1: have um, two offers um, that are sitting, um, uh, like they've been accepted offers. So we're just doing our due diligence piece right now. So one of them will be a um, one that we can carve out several housing lots for mm-hmm. um, in the one. And then the other one is also similar. So Um, There are two towns that just amalgamated recently into one and so I still always refer to them as the two separate towns but the other piece that's really exciting for me that I really want to work on and and, uh, is a small boutique hotel in the area because um, they have got so many great things from a tourist perspective to offer and I just think that and and, and neither neither of these two towns has really um, a place for people to stay.
0: Wow. Yeah. So I
1: thought, you know, a kind of a little bit smaller, more boutique-ish style hotel that could really um, help out the other businesses that are in the areas. We've got some craft breweries. We've got, you know, a distiller, a couple of distilleries, actually, a winery. We've got hiking. We've got, you know, off-road biking. We've got, like, so many different things in the area to do that I, I even think that, you know, Calgarians would be willing to only just drive forty-five minutes away and and have a weekend getaway,
0: right? Yeah, that's that's cool. Very very cool. Awesome, Anita. So that kind of sounds like that's your plan for the next year to a couple of years is is to get those up and going. What are some of the challenges that you're that you're facing or anticipating when moving forward with this kind of stuff?
1: So um, a big challenge is raising capital Hmm. uh, to uh, fund all of these. Um, I. I, you know, we want to be able to, to support others to be able to invest in these projects and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, help it kind of be a win-win scenario, but we'll definitely be needing to raise um, some capital. Um, it's also taking the time to meet with the um, different town councils and their economic development officers, truly understanding what it is that they want and need, and then working with them to hopefully um you know, help to pave the way through for us to be able to get these. Yeah, get
0: get things zoned properly. Exactly. The rezoning process. Exactly. So, yeah, hopefully, I mean, typically Alberta is a lot more uh, friendly that way than my province of British Columbia. That's yeah. for sure. It seems like they throw so many things in people's way and so much faster in Alberta than, than BC. So hopefully it works out that way. No, your, your story reminds me of some clients that we've worked with, uh, Karina and Dave, they're based out of Ottawa, actually, and okay. uh, Karina is all about land development and and so what she started out doing was finding infield properties in um, uh, right in in Ottawa, and she would get them under contract and you know they self financed their first couple of deals and the first one had a house on it that she kept on the property and and had some rental revenue coming in there to help cover the costs while she went through all the rigmarole of rezoning, which is a real pain in the butt in Ottawa. You can imagine Mm -hmm. that's yeah, (laughs) talk about a government town, Mm -hmm. but anyhow, she, she got good at that stuff. And that's exactly what she did. She got it shovel ready and she did her first couple of deals that way. And then ran into the same situation you're coming into. Okay. Now we got to start raising capital to do slightly bigger deals. So, One thing that they did, if I recall correctly, early on, that first deal where they're bringing on joint venture partners, it wasn't one of these situations where the partners brought all of the money. Karina and Dave actually invested some of their money in that deal as well, and they brought the joint venture partners on board as well and, and did it that way, and that really got her started because now she had proof of concept of not just she knew what she was doing, but she also... Knew how to do it with joint venture partners. So then, moving ahead, the next deal she didn't need to put any of her money in, and then just like you're planning to do, she said, "Okay, well, instead of just getting these things shovel ready, why don't we do the shoveling too? Right? So why don't we take it? So now they're on the on the path to where they're doing quite large developments, but that's how they got started was right. you know doing it that, and then the first that first deal, they were investors along with their joint venture partners as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of um, a similar type of vision that I have as well. So we are starting to put a team together. And Mm -hmm. so we do have another partner with us that is actually a builder. Mm -hmm. And so, and he has uh, building experience at all levels, commercial, residential, multi. And uh, so, you know, that was kind of a thought too, that we would um, especially in the areas that we're developing the lots maybe build a couple of houses just to kind of get the area started yeah, right for sure yeah and, uh, and then kind of move it forward from there Our- plus
0: that generates some of the revenue and some of the exactly uh, the money needed to do the boutique hotel exactly doing that yes as well. exactly. exactly yeah no that's beautiful awesome Anita well congratulations on all that you've done and I love this whole don't waste any assets concept. That's going to be the title of this one. I'm pretty sure. Perfect. <laughs> Just because you're you're the epitome of of exactly that. You are you're you're squeezing the whole, or you're getting all the juice out of that orange that juice. you possibly can. That's for sure. So, Anita, if people want to find out more or connect with you, what's the number one place they can connect with Anita Banford?
1: So right now, the best place is we do have a business Facebook page. And if so if you go to the Revita, R-E-V-I-T-A properties, um, looking that up, then yeah, it'll take you to our Facebook page. And that's where we're trying to capture some of the pictures of things that we're doing and and acknowledging. I like to be real. I mean, it's not all, all glory. You have Isn't it? It's, no. It's not all
0: perfect. I, is can, I can hardly believe that. He's great <laughs> <it's rare. laughs> yeah I- yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh yeah we like to
1: say, kind of share just to, just to make it real right like i yeah. mean i think you know if people are interested in wanting to pursue anything in real estate, they have to know that there's going to be some some challenges along the way but you know it's just about mindset and yeah. being willing to pivot and be willing to find a salute the solution to the issue
0: fantastic anita well thank you so much for being on the show it's been a lot of fun
1: it has been thanks so much dave
0: All right, everybody take care and we'll see you on the next episode.